0: For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. During these services, at least right now, we want to share some snippets from the word Some things that God is laying on my heart to really to present, to give to us, that we can act on. And tonight, just uh, this kept coming up in my spirit, and that is take what belongs to you by force. Jesus finished the work on Calvary. He paid the price. We call it the finished work of Christ. He's done it all. There's nothing more he needs to do. But it's up to us to take by force what it is that he has provided for us. Not to be sitting back passive, not being apathetic or lethargic, but reaching out and grabbing a hold of what belongs to us, whatever it is. To get saved, you've got to get the same kind of attitude, right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together to look at your word, a few scriptures here tonight. We thank you for your anointing upon your word, your anointing upon All that's said and done. I believe for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Anoint my lips to to proclaim truth with power and demonstration. To penetrate our very souls and challenge us to rise up. And take what belongs to us by the force of faith that you put within us. Give you all the glory for it in Jesus name. Amen. Matthew 11. 11 and 12. Two verses here. First of all from the Holman uh, Christian Standard Bible. and And then also from the NIV. It says, I assure you, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Hmm. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering, violence, and the violent take it by force. Now look at that from the NIV. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there is none risen any greater than Anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people have been reading it. I want you to notice the difference in those two statements. Because not all phrases are easily translated from one language to another language. And even the commentators sometimes war with it. They have a problem with it. Notice in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, it said that the violent have been seizing it by force. In other words, they forcibly enter into it and forcibly take it because it belongs to them. But here in the NIV, it talks about how violent people have been raiding it, or in other words, coming against it. And it seems like there's a, you know, conflict there when you compare the two. Now, the most I say the most standard one would be in the ESV, which is what most translators translated. it. Look at it from the ESV. Uh, English Standard Version. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. In other words, they seize the opportunity and they get a hold of it. They grab a hold of it. They take it. They will not let go of it. Now, most English translations follow the same course. They take it by force. In the uh, New American Standard Bible, in the footnotes, it says, it's forcibly entered into... You lay hold of it. You seize it. You're fighting this good fight of faith. You lay hold of what belongs to you and you take it by force. And you don't take no for an answer from the enemy. You don't give him any ground in your life. So it's up to us to take what belongs to us and not just sit back passively and just let the devil run all over us. And I'll tell you what, it's going to take something on the inside of us to rise up and just say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm not putting up with this any longer. For every temptation, God's made a way of escape. There's a way of escape. I'm going to find it. I'm going to get a hold of it. I'm going to grab it. I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to rise up above it. Whatever the need might be. But now notice something here he says about John the Baptist. It's hard for us to imagine that Jesus actually made this statement and also compared these individuals. He's saying of anyone born in the world up to John the Baptist, no one's greater than he, than John the Baptist. And I think about someone like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you think about Isaiah, Jeremiah, Noah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you think about David. And the list goes on and on about all these patriarchs and all these prophets of old. And Jesus says not one was greater than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. What a comparison. What's he mean by this? Why is he saying something like that? Well, if you look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11... Look at the first three verses, then chapter 13, put these two together. It came to pass when Jesus made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Whoa, whoa, whoa. John, you baptized him. You saw the Spirit of God come down and light on him like a dove. What do you mean? You said this is the Son of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Lamb of God. This is what you said, and all of a sudden you're in prison. His environment changes, and all of a sudden what happens? He loses sight of it. Why? He's a prophet under the Old Testament, just like all the other prophets and patriarchs of old. He did not, he wasn't afforded to have what we have and know what we know. Look at chapter 13. Let's read this first. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear for verily I say to you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them in other words all those prophets all those patriarchs all they could do is just see a, a, say something pointing to the future of it but they couldn't experience it they couldn't experience the reality they couldn't walk in the light of it They couldn't embrace it because Christ hadn't died yet. He hadn't shed his blood yet. He wasn't raised from the dead yet. And so what Jesus is saying, this as great as anybody has been in the Old Testament. If you come into the kingdom of God, you are greater than them all. Why? Because your eyes see it, your ears hear it. What is that? The gospel message. They didn't see Christ suffer. They didn't see him die. They didn't see him rise again on the third day. They didn't see, they weren't there on Pentecost when the Spirit of God fell upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and fire and went about proclaiming the truth of the Lord. You see, John even kind of teetered a little bit, didn't he? Are you really the one that should come? Because he didn't have what we have. We're on this side of the cross. He was on that side of the cross. The least in the kingdom of God has been empowered by God, given the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus that's been exalted above every name in heaven earth or beneath the earth see they didn't hear this message you and i know this message we know he was raised from the dead we know he said i am he that was i'm alive i was dead but i'm alive forevermore i had the keys of death hell and the grave we know he's the one that says his name was exalted above every other name and he is the worthy lamb the only one worthy to take the book and loose the seals thereof so no matter what greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world but it takes a bold faith to rise up and just say, you know what? Enough is enough. What belongs to me belongs to me in Christ. I'm not going to sit back and just say, I can't do it. The devil's too big. The problem's too, too large, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, 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 no. And we're going to be like Joshua and Caleb. And we're going to say it doesn't matter how big they are, how wealthy they are, how strong they are, how powerful they are, how political they are. It doesn't really matter because God's on our side. And when God is on our side, praise God. That's the majority right there, right? You know, sometimes I just marvel at this. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy sports. Anybody here enjoy sports? I enjoy sports. And if you watched any sports last night, you know that LeBron James just broke the NBA scoring record, which they said would never happen, would never be broken, scoring thirty-eight thousand three hundred and what ninety points passing up Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And this is in the middle of the game, the third quarter, and at the end of the third quarter is when this took place and he scored that bucket that went over the 38,300 what 30 or 87 that he had. They said this would never happen, but he did it. And when he did, you should have heard the accolades. They stopped the game in the third quarter for 10 minutes. Well, everybody just went berserk because he scored another basket. They went berserk, stopped everything. I mean, they stopped the game. And they just all began to shout and offer him all these accolades. You know what? That's a sport. When Jesus came out of the grave... I said, when Jesus came out of the grave and the stone was rolled away and he emerged from that place, all you saw was a bunch of Roman soldiers frozen when the glory of the Lord had appeared. There were no fans. There was no one there offering accolades or anything like that. Maybe the angels. We saw some angels sitting there, probably the ones that threw the stone away. But since then, praise God, Hallelujah. I'm telling you, he deserves the praise, the honor, the glory, the accolades that we can give. He deserves our shouts of praise and adoration for who he is and all that he's done for us. He deserves that we let him know we exalt him above it all, above all athletics, above all powers, principalities of all anything in the realm of the spirit or here on earth. Jesus stands alone at the top and nothing will ever transcend anything that he's accomplished. His record will never be broken. Remember last week we talked about a song that we couldn't figure out? Remember that? When you're up against the struggle that shatters all your dreams and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes, And you feel within you the urge within you to submit to earthly fears. (laughs) Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Just do what? Just do what? Why? Why praise him? Because he can work with those who praise him. But you see, when you just sit back and cry about it and whine about it and all that sort of thing. He says, oh, come on. Don't be like the ten spies that say we can't do it, we can't do it, we can't do it. Get on board with Joshua and Caleb and start saying something like this. I'm 85 years old. I'm as strong now as I was then. I'm ready to do battle for the Lord. I'm going to praise and praise God. You ready for it? Listen to the words of the song as we play it. Yeah, we got it. This is amazing song. It's a message in itself. Listen to the words carefully. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams, and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested scheme, and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears, i alive and he wants to make us think that we are farmers when he knows himself he knows. we're children on the key so lift up the mighty shield of faith for the battle must be won we know that Jesus Christ is Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. The chains that seem to bind you only serve to remind you. Hallelujah. Remind you what? They draw powerless behind you. When? When you what? When we what? Hallelujah. We better praise him. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What a message. What a message. Hallelujah. Let's all stand.